I'm the one who wants to be with you. Be with you. Deep inside, Deep. I know you feel it too. Feel it too, baby. Hang it on. on, on, on. Damn it, you messed it up during the practice <laughs> as well. <laughs> because clearly I didn't know the words. It goes, hang the it on a line, hang it on a line. Ooh, just to be the next. Do we do this part together? Ooh, Ooh just to be, to the, be next. the next. To, to be, be with you. you. Oh, I didn't do that pause. I'm sorry. Oh. <sighs> This is going to be a bitch to sink. <laughs> Hello, everyone out there. We are happy, happy, happy. Uh, that sugar, good old sugar Garcia. Catching Fox Thanks first, for man. N- not doing work and hanging out with us. Yeah, Sugar, I don't know what exactly it is you do for a living that doesn't allow you to be on Skype, but does allow you to be on a live stream on Facebook. Clearly, she doesn't work in ministry. You keep <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a youth minister. What are you talking about? Oh, no. She was in in ministry. She'd be on Skype. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, there's a parish man. mission going on. At that, that, I'm on Skype. <laughs> I'm hanging out in the youth room. L- mm. Let me be. Or as I used to call it, the place where I would go and nap at 2 o'clock. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. So many times I've napped in the youth room. Uh, Luke, I heard an interesting thing about Hitler. Can I tell you oh. an interesting historical fact I learned about Hitler? He had a really bad gas. <laughs> oh, I, I, ich, ich bloating Einsteiner. I don't, I don't know what I said there. Um, no, the uh, they said Hitler is not as evil or is more evil than you think he is. Oh. And I, I flipped that around in my head. Is more evil. <laughs> he said one of the crazy things. He goes, if you actually cared about Germany winning the war. When you realize you're losing and they're going to conquer your country, you throw everything you can at the war effort. But what did Hitler do? He kept thousands of military men at the camps, and instead he ramped up the killing of the Jews and the gypsies. It was, he said, if you really wanted to win the war, he should have enslaved them and liquidated them after the war. He's like, that's pragmatic. That's, I'm going to win this war because it's really a war for resources. And he goes, but what did he do? As he's losing, they ramp up and ramp up and ramp up more the destruction of the Jews. And he's like, that just shows like true who's depravity. Who's, who's the he? I can't remember. It was a, Luke. I was on the darkest hole of YouTube at around <laughs> 1.30. Oh, and uh, 1.30 in the afternoon. Share. Don't tell my... Don't tell my uh, Co-workers. <laughs> I was in ministry. I was on YouTube. Yeah, come on. You're not doing it. No one's doing real work. Yeah, come on. I'm eating hard-boiled I eggs. <laughs> What's a carnivore to do? Uh, just to be the... Is that wine? This is wine. This represents a uh, a quarter of a wine glass because I already drank the other quarter. Me and my wife, sometimes when we're feeling frisky, and by frisky, I mean we go to separate rooms, and I talk to you, and she watches the Viking show. Uh, <laughs> I take these wine glasses, and I fill ha- I fill the entire thing up with half a bottle, and then her glass up with half the bottle, so we don't have to be peasants and use our legs to get refills. We don't need that in our lives. That's amazing. Hey, got a got good news. Got good news, Luke. Oh, we tell got me the uh, good news. Tell me the good news. Uh, our homeboy Tommy. Heading back to the uh, heading back to the seminary 
just sent us a message over there on Patreon. Heading back to the seminary. He's been uh, been there. He took a break to kind of do some extra discernment. And he realized, yep. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. I mean and, it in the Steubenville way. And That's he said, uh, and not to butter you guys up too much, but you really helped me to be honest with myself and to follow God much more closer or more closer. Woo! So he will be heading back to seminary, and anytime we're in L.A. to give him a ring, and he'll take us out for beers. Wait, L.A. as in Los Angeles? Yes, not as in Louisiana. Oh, man, I love both, but someone from L.A. really needs to fly me out there because homeboy needs to go to back to uh, Disneyland. It's been we a got while. it going, going, back, back, back to Cali, 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 Cali. Hated that song. Big Papa. Hated it. Oh, so were you, a, uh, were you more of a West Coast rap guy? I was 100%. 100% West Coast. 100% Luke. I lived I lived <laughs> in the West Coast. I lived in Long Beach. I was about 10 minutes from Snoop Dogg's house, according to a guy in the street corner told me that. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's true. It has to be. Guys on street corners don't lie. I think I was a more of an East Coast guy. Ugh. I mean, I really wasn't into like that kind of rap yet, but like right at the tail end of it, I tend to like more Puff Daddy. Like my favorite, I have two favorite. <laughs> gotta tell you my. Two you got favorite. a producer. He's gonna be in every music video you got. He's gonna dance. He's gonna dance. He's gonna sing a hook in the background. He's gonna dance. I'm Puff Daddy. What's that from? <clears throat> I don't know. Some comedian making fun, like a comedian trashing the existence of Puff Daddy. Uh, I enjoyed the song. It's all about the Benjamins, the Great Rock song. remix with uh, oh, David Grohl incredible. and Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that on video at night, being like, "Oh my gosh, this is kind of awesome." What yeah. is this, rap and rock together? <laughs> it wouldn't um, be until Limp Biscuit would show us, maybe we shouldn't blend all of these things. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. I watched five minutes of their set at Woodstock, um, 99. What? I, I We have talked about this before, but just again, what a terrible. What heroic. Man. What a oh. terrible. <laughs> te- te- I mean, like the true judge Wait. of a band like that, like your like pop hooky rock band, a real judge of them is how are they live? Because yeah. if they're good live, like it means they've got some chops. Like they've got a thing that that they do. They you know have their craft. They work at it and they're good. Okay. My gosh, what a horrible band! I don't. What what was wrong with them? What I don't just, understand. It like Fred Durst sounds. Awful live. Oh, awful. His, it Truly sounds like you're awful. killing a cat. Yeah, yeah. Now let me know you all loving this shit right here. Yeah, like, and, and, and he's just and you're like, like oh, he's oh, baby. quite literally just like rah, 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 like that. It's weird. But if you don't it's very care, weird. We don't, don't, we care. don't care. Like it's fun. Like just and then it was it <laughs> was stay so, in the studio. There was stay nothing the beautiful about it at all. Like when you see Rage play live. There's this energy. There's this. You see that they're really great musicians. That Zach De La Roach is a fantastic rapper, and you're like, even if you don't like it, there's this energy behind. Even if you you're go, not a commie I pinko, you yeah. can still like, absolutely. Like, why, like, I mean, <laughs> I'm they listening to Rush Limbaugh on the yeah. weekdays, listening to Rage on the weekends. That's how I roll. <laughs> but why I think like so many of us at the time. Well, I mean, I I had no real politics. I was more on left leaning, but. Um, God is not in America. Why I think we still like them is because he just like it's just so good. It's like yeah, like whatever. It's just great. Yeah, I was talking you know? to a, an eighteen year old the other day, 
And I had mentioned something. I can't remember what it was. And I said, what kind of music do you listen to? And he goes, and I, I was fully prepared not to know a single band he was saying. Because the only way I know modern music is through my kids listening to Kids Bop. And then I play the real song. And then I go, oh, over my dead body, will they ever listen to that song again? Because I'm an ultra conservative when it comes to my kids, but not when it comes to me. Um, <laughs> Anyways, back to hit him up. <laughs> Call the cops when you say Tupac. <laughs> Call the cops when you see Tupac. First off, fuck. Oh, whoa. I said the wrong word out loud. <laughs> Whoopsies. Whoopsies. Quarter of the line. You claim the. Oh, man. Oh, I can man. sing every line of Tupac. I remember uh, from, the first from time I, yeah. I heard Hit Him Up. We were in my friend's SUV driving around Oakwood because 1999 and just being like, we were like, this is the most violent song I've ever heard. And we just <laughs> listened to it over and over and over again. Yeah. And mine was, was my like, buddy my Chris gosh. Miller and I. My buddy Chris Miller and I, I bought a single. Because the only way you could get, I think the way that they did it was, originally you could only get it as a single to another popular song. Or you had to buy his anthology, which had his best hits. And it was on disc two. I think it was song number 20. I might be wrong on that. But I, I must have listened to that. 200 times and i remember being like when i first listened to it i went oh my god he's gonna die <laughs> like <laughs> you can't say stuff like that you should be laughing at this because it's horrible what actually I happened <laughs> i know and he oh. was shot i mean he was uh, he he was already shot and then he made that song right he five shots couldn't drop me yeah, i took it yeah. and smiled now i'm back to second the record straight, straight with my ak you know i'm that thug that you love to hate Swa hit him up. Swa hit him up, hit Luke. Him up. Take, take my. There is a certain like. Take body. <laughs> there is a cadence to West Coast um rap at that time, and the beats mm. that I think was better than like I like. Um, is Run DMC? They're East East Coast, right? That's more old school rap, though. Yeah, that's I that like, is that's the birth of rap. I mean, I like the old school. I like like late eighties, early nineties rap. And then uh, I mean, which I was like almost entirely New York. I mean, New York owned yeah, the yeah, early yeah, yeah, rap yeah, yeah. scene, Harlem, you know, yeah. all that stuff. But I came in because my brother Brian was ten years older than me, right? So he had NWA, right? And NWA and Public Enemy were the two that we were that, or excuse me, that he was super into. And Public Enemy is great. We too. would, huh? They're great. Yeah, and Public so Enemy. I would so, listen so to that, NWA. and and you know, like f the police. And you would listen to that, and I'm like, I have no idea what they're referencing <laughs> at that time, you know. And then they all break up, and they go their separate ways, and blah blah blah. And then you have Dr. Dre's, Dre. Well, NWA was West Coast, though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's what drew me to the West Coast. Oh, okay. And, I, okay. and then we moved. Sorry. And then we moved out there. Um, my dad lived out there, and I lived there during the summers. It's always great, you know, like right when summer starts, you leave all your friends for the whole summer and then you come back like a week before school starts. That's great. And uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> have any residual have any, emotional uh, issues. Any bad, like, you know, uh, yeah. bad scars or anything or at least any yeah. wounds oh. at all. Oh, dad, you live where there are no children. Okay. I guess I'm going to hang out with my brother who, who hates me and is starting to do drugs and doesn't want to talk to me. And every time he listens to Rage, he comes out and beats me up. Okay. We'll call this plan B. Can we call this plan B? <laughs> no, this is plan A. Oh, okay, well, guy. this is why I drink. <laughs> this is going to lead to some weird things in 2003. 
Yeah, I'm going to podcast this crap. I am going to podcast. No, I, I. there were three things in my life when I lived in California that mattered to me uh, less than my family, but more than everything else. One, DC comic books. I, because I felt so incredibly alone uh, at that time, that's when I became a reader, and then that's when I became a comic book collector. I had a friend in fifth grade who collected comics, and I spent the night at his house uh, at this one time and only once and he showed me his comic book collection i was like oh superman died and that's when it like just happened so i ha- i own every single dc comic essentially of the major players that came out from that point on and i became a fanatic for it and i would go through if i had holes in my collection i'd go and buy it and then so number one was dc comics number two was west coast rap i listened to everything i mean this is when california love came out right california love changes man like all those great i wonder brenda's got a baby brenda's barely got a brain a damn shame girl can hardly spell a name so i loved tupac more than anyone else and then i dabbled in detroit you know dabbled in a little uh or excuse me, a little uh cleveland with the uh bone thugs and harmony Tell me what you gotta do. It's my uncle Charles now. Yeah, I um. So my my exposure to rap was more, you know, like very much. Um, I mean, oh, I didn't say the third thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Saint Joseph's Communications audio cassette tapes of Scott Hahn lectures. Ah, there you go. They that's all match you, well. That's DC how you comic. make a Gomer, an alienated <laughs> father. <laughs> no, no, this, yeah. <laughs> alienated from his friends, all alone, all alone in an apartment complex with a brother who hates him. DC comic books, <laughs> what uh, a weird West myth. Coast rap, <laughs> and heavy theology and apologetics <laughs> from Scott Hahn. You put those together and you get Father Wound Podcast Gold. Who knew that in 30 years or 20 years I'd be talking about comic book movies? <laughs> Dr. Scott Hahn, <laughs> my father wounds. <laughs> and now, rap. Oh, <laughs> uh, we are predictable. <laughs> and uh oh, there is no such thing as free will. We are all determined by our cultural overlords. Yes, seriously. Thanks, oh, Disney. Oh man. Here's my money. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is it preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, I started going to therapy probably about maybe four months ago, maybe three months ago. And I just kind of realized that healing is something that the Lord wants us to receive. But healing is always an invitation from God. Quite often he asks people to, to you know, take a step out. We have to take action. And a great way to do that is through a group called BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. How about that? You can start communicating in just under... Almost 48 hours. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is it is professional counseling done securely online. This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime, and I'm going to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and I'm a thought
thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule a weekly video or phone obsession so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Those are weird, as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to um, facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So that's great, unlike some colleges. BetterHelp wants you to start on living a happier life today. Go to betterhelp.com slash foxes. That's H-E-L-P. Again, betterhelp.com slash foxes. You're going to get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash foxes. I honestly like just through uh, people in my uh, own life that I know have really enjoyed. I'm using BetterHelp. So if you're I'm thinking about doing this, I really encourage you to do so. They are great to work with. And we can get you 10, 10% off by going to betterhelp.com slash slash foxes. Sorry, that's just um, one slash. That was my speech impediment. Betterhelp.com slash foxes. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. So I was okay. So my experience with rap, so uh, very much is very much influenced by VH1 because you know apparently my dad liked VH1 a lot, so we watched a lot of VH1. Luke, get in here. The VH1 is, is on. on. All right, it's time. <laughs> it's time to watch pop up video. Come on, let's go, family. Everyone, pop up video seat. was awesome. That was that the was greatest great. and only great. good thing VH1 pop ever up, did. Uh, I don't know about that. Just like VH1 had some. They had behind oh, they the had music. behind the music. Yeah, yeah pop up video behind the music. That's how I discovered and uh, pants off dancer. <laughs> I don't. What else did VH1 have? <laughs> I think I'm singled out. Was on M- MTV. MTV, yeah. Chris Hardwick. Can we talk? Uh, can we talk about MTV for a bit? Back, no, 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 no. You have to finish your thought about your dad watching VH1. Oh, so, okay, so in my his dad, underwear. like, go on. yeah, this is okay. If like Emily, if if you're watching, just go ahead and uh, uh, text me. I don't know why we watched so much VH1 when we were younger. <laughs> but Probably we because did. your charismatic community wouldn't allow MTV Pro- to be that, shown I think that may have been like just part of my dad <laughs> just being like, have some normal stuff. Let's watch this um, a music video with Paula Abdul and a cartoon wolf. <gasps> so, right? Do I you literally that? just quoted that. Luke, this is beyond bizarre. I'm doing a convalidation marriage preparation We're class. We're so connected. And I said, it's ridiculous. Uh, we are. We are so connected. <laughs> it's a I little said, wrong. <laughs> I said, We're taking, I said, me and my wife, Shana, we're taking two steps forward. And three steps back, opposites attract. Am I a cartoon dancing with Paul Abdul? <laughs> Not true. And they all fans. look at me like I had two heads. Turns out I did because I'm a, I'm a man. We that, that was a penis joke. <laughs> I was like, where are you going? People are watching. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought maybe you forgot that people were. <laughs> no, I know people are watching, Luke. That's why I'm hamming it up for sugar. She clearly wants to hear jokes like that. <laughs> sugar, See, every, I, I hope you're, hope you're enjoying it. Everyone thinks that like I'm the bad one. I'm the bad influence. I'm the whatever. You are, can you be are. so bad sometimes. You're yes, naughty. Usually, you're usually naughty. I, I, I'm a naughty little animal. My <laughs> problem is, it. Luke... Or, my difference between me and you is I have a much thicker filter between brain and mouth than you. That's fair. I That's probably, fair. I'm I... probably hanging out with the exact same God awful <laughs> quotes and images and hilarious. I mean, anytime comments. I hear anyone like say the number 69, I do go ha, 69 like that in my head from mm-hmm. uh, Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. I mean, that absolutely happens. Yeah, um, no, me too. But okay. No. So, and then, 
in Dayton back in the early nineties, there was a station called Z ninety three that Z93. played all ninety three. Like, yeah, like all of your like pop rock like you know stuff, and so that was what we had on all the hits all the time. Z ninety three. Yeah, it's pretty much how how it went. <laughs> That's and, how we um, all go. Uh, so whatever, like. I got real into crisscross. My dad bought me that tape. The crisscross will make you. They'll make jump, you. Oh, jump. I loved. So okay. So so then like my hip hop evolution kind of. St- okay. I don't know like where. Wait wait I- wait. Crisscross was part of your hip hop evolution. I mean, when you're eight and you okay, like okay okay you know like what do you? Like, I was thinking you know, eighteen. Go on. No 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 no. Like so when we were um in Dayton proper, we were in a neighborhood called Five Oaks, where I'm sure I heard a lot of hip hop, but I was never able, I never really understood like what it was because I was way, way too young. Then we moved to the suburbs and it was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I heard oh, 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 whatever was almost popular on the radio. Yeah. And I don't get real into like hip hop, hip hop again, so probably DMX in 98 because that was huge in our football uh, locker room when I was playing high school <laughs> football. It's dark and hell is hot. That was like... Oh, what a great album. What, I mean, I, I know every, almost every word to every song on that album. You're like, I did reps to that. So many. He barked. DMX barked so much on his album. Effing with D. It just made no sense. Because when you, you because you know, that's my man's in there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Loved that it. part was so I dumb. loved it. And then it's just like skits. that. Can we bong. talk about skits on hip hop albums? So good. So, so good. Dumb. I don't, so dumb. I don't understand it, it. Listen, I'll admit, a part of my cultural appropriation of, of all things hip hop. I come to a handful of. Uh, I remember Dave uh, Dave Chappelle had this line where he he goes, uh, "Little Wayne's yelling out, you know, this word and that word," and and there was like half the audience laughed and the other half didn't. And he goes, "Look at y'all, y'all quiet. White people don't know what that word means yet, y'all." And I was like, "I don't, I don't." <laughs> and I remember going on UrbanDictionary.com just to look up this one word, and I was like, "Oh dang, they haven't bleeped that out yet." Yikes. <laughs> Um, you know what's funny? I really remember uh, what I remember doing as well is I remember getting mm. Wu Tang from the from the library. It was um, the one with Killer Bees on it. Not enter the was it enter not not the first album, but the second album. And I re- and it was edited, so I couldn't understand like half of what they were saying because it was I got it that, again the, from the from the library. And um, but I do remember being like, oh, I can tell this is really good. Like this has cool. Like the songs sound very cool. I just don't know what they're saying, and I didn't really get into it again until probably, probably college. But God made dirt, and dirt don't hurt, baby Jesus. Just remember that, Luke. I love Wu Tang. Now I, I never got Wu Tang was a thing that I didn't I didn't understand because it wasn't a part of my limited world, and I knew here was this rap crew that loved kung fu movies and culture. And I didn't understand it at all, but they were already mega hits when I first heard of them. And then that's when I got into, you know, like old dirty bastard and all that stuff. And I was like, ah, I'm just, I don't understand it. So it never was, it never became a thing for me. It did. It, it's weird when you, re- you know, it's funny. Steve, uh, Steve of the missionary brought this up on um, Twitter. Oh, recently. He's like, I'm trying- Steve Buscemi. Go on. 
<laughs> yeah, he was, he was trying to. Uh, he was like, I just like how do like you get into this? Because it is, it's it's kind of weird. Like, yeah, it yeah. and it doesn't really like makes. I don't know what they're actually saying or what they mean half half the time because they're just. I'm using terms that I just, I just, I honestly like, don't this get. This is cool, man. This but is it cool. sounds like I think the first way to get it into Wu Tang. Is to just enjoy like the hooks because their hooks are really good. When they're good, they're really good. Mm. Um, and mm. then the, like the beats are so phenomenal. They're so good. See, so I, don't like, under- I just don't understand. And I fail. my favorite song th- is Wu Tang ain't oh nothing to f with. <laughs> I so want to say that Wu Tang is the Quentin Tarantino of my. Of that all of my sense. musical yeah. tastes, yeah, he's yeah. Th- yeah. they are the group that I don't understand, and I understand that other people like it in a very, very, very like like I'm on the border of being able to step in, but every time I step in, I'm like, eh, it's just not for me. There is a me. there's a jazzy element to Wu Tang where you're like, because like the thing about that I think it's sometimes hard about real. Jazz is that, you know, the melody or the theme of it. It's not I'm right in your face. It's kind of like it's 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 there, but they're almost I'm dancing around it. And really huh. good um, and like really good jazz. You're able to appreciate like you see where they're dancing, and then yeah. you can hear the melody, and you go, oh, I see what they're doing here. Yeah, so I can't do that. See, I can't do that. I'm just. That's it's just, hard. I mean, for good, it's not. It's it is like. It I'm actually like, takes I'm so a used lot to pop of work. music. Tell me what I'm supposed to yeah. think. Well, and, and that's the thing too. Like, that's there was classical music. Yeah, it's just a little bit more. Like, th- the rules are more obvious. So when you um, have classical music, quite often, and I'm not an expert, so I'm sure there are other people who, who can explain this much better than I. You you actually like hear the main melody. You actually hear the theme right in the beginning. Sometimes, as in the whole, I forget the name of that song. This is a very, I'm a famous piece, so I'm so, I'm so sorry, everyone. It's by, I'm Beethoven. The whole, um, dun, 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 like that. That's the theme. It's just right there. Bam. It's right there. And then the rest of the song is basically, it's, um, him, the, like, um, rest of the piece is him playing around with that theme. And so you're hearing it, but it's just like expanding. He's going, he's going out. He's going in. He's going around. But he's always going back to that. And that's like the that is the um, the progression that he's saying I'm gonna I'm gonna be playing with during like um, this song is this little piece here. Uh, bum, 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 bum. But then, he's like, like he's like, all right, baby, you ready for this? I'm gonna give you a little taste, just a little taste. Yeah, in the yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you're gonna be wanting more. Here we go. Bah, 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 bah. <gasps> so with <laughs> so with jazz. Now, I mean, that's why I was kind of more. radical because when he did it, he did <laughs> it so quick, so so like so fast, and then he was off. And that's like one reason why I believe it was this like really um big deal it was because he was just like here it is and then i'm off <laughs> here it is a good day to you sir a lot of jazz with jazz you hear like two-thirds of that and you hear all these other things and then they're off and they're doing their thing or they're hardly ever there or kind of like um comes up again and he, they're like trying to which is one reason why like some like old school people don't like jazz because they like they feel like it breaks the rules to a point yeah. where you don't even know what's what's like what's like actually going on and i think good jazz doesn't break the rules it bends them and it's um now i have a friend who likes jazz and we were talking about you and your affiliation with avant-garde jazz 
And they were talking about, I said, I just don't understand free form jazz. Like, now this has gone from Quentin Tarantino to like French art house. Three people will see this movie. Like, when people are just, you know what I'm talking about? Where they, it just yeah. sounds like yeah. noise. Sounds like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I'm just sitting there and I'm like, okay, can you explain that to me? And it's like, not really. No, <laughs> I'm no, like, no. I yeah. don't even like that stuff. And I was like, it's, oh, thank God. Someone who I actually mean, appreciates jazz. Part of it is can, crap. And, but part of it yeah. is like, so good jazz is like the Godfather part two. I'll pick it up what you're putting down. Where, because like, if you really um, look at the themes of, of the Godfather part two, they are there, but they're hidden. It's subtle. You really got to watch it a um, couple times to uh, to understand. Like we're you talking get it, Cuban but- revolution. We're talking <laughs> Jewish guy that fronts for the Italian mob. We're talking killing your brother Fredo. I'm smart. I'm smart, Michael. I was Passover. So I like avant garde jazz. This is this is um, what I would say with with the whole avant garde jazz. When you find a really cool tone, that's when it's. Fun. <laughs> Everyone who like is listening, Gomer's is being stupid. Go on. When you hear a good tone, that's where it gets fun. Because and then you see what they're doing with the tone and where they're going with it and stuff. And so I'm, I asked I'm you no to recommend. Expert. I asked you to recommend some sort of jazz. Kill the self that oh, and wants to kill yourself. That's my favorite. By kill or by the self that wants to kill, kill yourself. yourself. Yep. Okay. Let me uh, let me pull it up on Spotify really really quick. I'd have to kill my neighbor because he's been plotting my demise since I first moved in. He thinks I don't trim my hedges enough, but I do. Damn it, I do. How dare he assert that? Kill the self. Diamond Terrifier. And that's considered that the genre classification is avant-garde jazz. I would say yes. I would say that that's what it is. Some people might not, but I mean, this is just like. I love that. I love that. As we murder the goose, the goose cries out for its mother. Mother, please love me as we slice its throat gently. You need to go you need to go on a walk <laughs> by yourself. Go on. And you need at night. Like a At nice night? cool night, Ooh, perhaps have a, if you can have like a glass of wine, Done. and just go on a walk, and then play that, and just like just be attentive to it, and just like just allow it to just take over you, kind of like in the Matrix when you know he takes the red pill and everything, like just like absorbs his body. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's very. Is that what's going to happen to me? Is that yeah. what's going to happen? Lawrence Oma Fishburne's going to pop up. You're going to get real into the girls with um, short hair. It's so, uh, Luke, I have a confession to make. Yes. Wait, can I say one more jazz thing really yes. quick? Yes, 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 if yes, you yes. want to get into real jazz, the good stuff, uh, let me pull up this album really quick. There's an, I think this is the best one of all time. Best album, best jazz album of all time, in my opinion. It is... Um, by, I always get his name wrong, Charles Mingus, The Black Saint, and The Sinner Lady. It's about like four, it's, uh, four songs long. Each song, like, um, like there's like a one song that's like, how long is this one? Uh, they're, they get kind of long. Like, uh, th- like the last song is about um, 19 minutes. <laughs> the it's, last song is actually still going on. It's been 12 days. It's just 
play that Charles Mingus, the, the Black Saint, and um, oh, the Center Lady, it's phenomenal. Okay. J- jazz is a thing you really have, like, you cannot passively um, listen to jazz, which is why I like it. You I, have, I have to, to. You have to really, like, um, wrestle uh, with it. How do I wrestle with it while I'm walking around the block? Uh, you just kind of like allow your mind to just kind of, it's actually a nice exercise in mindfulness. I think you just allow your mind to just like completely be a, like, don't worry about anything but the music. Now, obviously pay attention to where you're going and stuff, but it's, it's no. so like jazz is no. one of the best things to just get lost in. Okay. And it's a fun little, um, journey that okay. just kind of goes okay. and goes and goes and goes and goes and doesn't even quite like resolve itself. But that's what, that's what is fun about it. Hey, nerds, I want to introduce you to something both random and beautiful, like Luke in a pair of skinny jeans, and that's Sock Religious. Yeah! I know what you're thinking. Uh, so, like, religious socks? But these socks are actually quite great because Sock Religious, you may not know this, is the number one largest Catholic sock company in the world. Probably. They are a mom-and-pop online store run by people who not only love their Catholic faith, but celebrate more feast days than anyone else this side of Rome. Their number one goal is to bring joyful Catholic products to the world to start more conversations about our faith. I mean, think about it. If someone thinks Catholicism is boring, snobbish, and lame, and then they see your socks, their argument is immediately rendered invalid, and Jesus will give them the grace of regeneration right there, born again. Boom! Thank you, Sock Religious. Each pair is designed by creative director Madison Suppose. Lady, sip it. By Madison, who first studies the life of the saint and then prays about the work. Now think about this. This isn't a flat drawing or even a painting, but a three-dimensional design knit into the fabric. All adult socks fit men's 5 to 11 and women's 7 to 12. I'm about 11 and a half, and they fit me nicely. Head on over to SockReligious.com today to get your pair in the mail and spice up your Sunday best with these sick socks. I recommend St. Benedict and St. Francis as my two favorite designs. So thank you very much to Sock Religious for sponsoring this episode of catching foxes. I didn't I I did not finish. I did not finish Harry Potter. Oh, Book 5. Boo! Let me rephrase. I did not finish it in time for my 11-year wedding anniversary, which was on Saturday. Hey, that's so, fair. R- so RIP on um Michael Jackson RIP. Yes. How does it so feel I, to know that his death is, is like forever I'm linked with your wedding in my mind? Forever. I'm okay with that. I I'm can't okay think I was about like, why the hell are you saying that? About the other one. A, I was like, because I know exactly where I was when I found out that, that that he died. I was waiting. I was at the San Luis Airport outside, waiting on John and Beth to pick me up. <laughs> so anyway, eleven years <laughs> married. Uh, take that, Michael Jackson. No, no, don't take that. Um, so me and my wife. We, uh, some friends, all of our babysitters canceled because of the corona and Texas, everything is ramping up. So they all canceled on us. I couldn't get a single person. And then our neighbors, the wonderful mucks who are heroic said, yes, yes, we will watch your kids during the afternoon. So I dropped them off at 1220, took my bride to our favorite spot. I try to take her every, um, every time we have an anniversary, which is turns out to be a carnivore paradise fogo to chow you remember fogo to chow luke uh is that the is that the meat place where you uh yes that place is wonderful okay so explain to the kids how this works it is a guy especially yeah if you are carnivore my gosh yes 
Yes. So they come up to you. So essentially, if you've never been to one of these uh, Brazilian style restaurants, they you you usually have some sort of coaster or some sort of thing you turn from red to green. But people come at you with skewers of meat the whole time. And you can be a peasant and go eat from the foul temptress that is the salad bar. Why would you? They'll give you sides like mashed potatoes and fried plantains. You ignore all that crap. You're there for the meat. You're there for the fillets that they cut off of a skewer right out of the oven. It's so good. You're there for the lamb and the pork and the chicken that's wrapped in bacon. So many animals making sweet, sweet, dead love to each other that I get to eat. It was amazing. So I ate probably four pounds of meat easily, easily four pounds of meat. What was your bathroom experience like? Oh, so simple. So beautiful. I even had a cup of coffee at the end. When you go full carnivore. It's not the same. You you know, it's what I just went to the bathroom once. It was normal. Your body absorbs meat. It's all that other like Parmesan encrusted stuff that your body like evacuate the dance floor. Right. So other than that, it's fine. <laughs> other than that. But we had a blast. I had a blast turning them. Down. Although I always get the fried plantains because I got to. But I had a blast turning them down. They're like, would you all like some um, sweet mashed potatoes or some? And we're like, no, no. Don't even bring the bread. You can take this bread away. No. How's it we going? All meat. The carnivore. Is it good? It's good. Uh, so we've been taking a little pause here and there, not for not eating, but like indulging a little bit more because it's our you know anniversary weekend. Yeah. It was on a years. Saturday. It's a long so. time to be with you every day. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how she does it. Oh, I don't know. I mean, oh, considering how much of me that also means is, is in her life. <laughs> it's a double whammy. But I didn't finish Harry Potter book five, The Order of the Phoenix, in time so that we could watch the movie. I was 75% done. I even got the audiobook just so I could con- conquer it in between driving. And it wasn't enough, Luke. It wasn't enough. It's, it's a I lot. Was, it's a lot. It's a it's lot. A, you, but you I will really say this. committed to that. Once I got to the 60%, I was in it to win it, right? Remember when I said, like, oh, it's so frustrating. It is, yeah. And it's not dark. You know, it's the darkest before dawn. That was their kind of thing that they were going for. And I have to say, I freaking, people said, that book has the most exposition. She couldn't cut it back. And I loved it when I got Mm -hmm. to the end. When you get into it, it's, yeah. Loved it. Yep, and then we yep. watched the movie, and I would say so far, two Wait, is so my favorite. Wait, so you watched the movie? You watched Order so of Phoenix? I, I finished. We finished. So we didn't finish it on Saturday. So we watched John Wick two. My bride had not seen that. So me and Shane, I was like, fair. I, fair. I feel like an action movie. She goes, Oh, I haven't seen John Wick two yet, and I was like, Kiss, <laughs> kiss me now. She did. Um, she did. So we watched <laughs> John Wick two, and then to uh, say, we made out. <laughs> she had messy hair when we were done couldn't hide that from the ra uh and then uh we watch i finished it uh coming back from work the next day and so we watched it that night so sunday night we watched it oh so you're and done I'll, with order of the phoenix yes i finished nice. order of okay. the phoenix so right now I, it's it's an uh number two what is that one that's the one with the basilisk uh Ginny and the uh, diary chamber of secrets yeah right now so far movie wise chamber of secrets i think might still be number one but uh goblet of fire and this movie were pretty good 
But I still have the same problem that I think Chamber of Secrets didn't have as bad, which is you really shouldn't watch the movies unless you've read the books. Because it's not just that they don't give you everything that's in the book. You can't do that. It's fine. It's that the production is so choppy at scenes. Like, they just go from independent scene to independent scene with nary a thread. Yeah. But I'll say, so I think they did that with three and four the worst and uh, one three and four the worst but two and five movie wise so chamber of secrets and order of the phoenix i think were less choppy than the rest but what's the best um in your opinion like what's the best book like which book have you enjoyed the most uh so out of the five uh probably goblet of fire only because yeah I remember that being my favorite movie when I saw it in the movie theater. And I remember being like, this makes sense. This is a true coming of age story. There's girls, there's hot dudes. They're falling for each other in these sweet ways. Like, Oh, did you kiss the ball? I love Victor crumb and blah, blah, blah. And I love, I love the interplay. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I will say that, um, five was such a, Five was a good movie. I wanted to watch it again tonight, but I had to talk to you. Five was such a good movie. I just enjoyed it from beginning to end. So, yeah. so yeah. you keep it's it's interesting. You keep on referencing the movies when you talk about this. Yeah, well, I think the books are so far superior to the movies. Like it's a joke. Like the movies are a two and the books are a ten. Yeah, in my mind. Yeah, this is not. Um, oh, sorry. yeah, Luke. <laughs> so no, I I'm in a really weird spot right now because of our air conditioner. Sorry, Jason. And it's so, hot, so I'm trying to move around to not die. He understands. We all sorry. understand. It's okay, Luke. Um, but no, I, I would say the the movies are interesting because they kind of were a part of the zeitgeist in an interesting way because it's such a different medium. But the books are brilliant, and the fact that the fifth book. And I know the sixth book, from what I've been told, incorporates so much from book one and book two that it is like that. That's what I keep saying. Everything in the beginning of the book, she brings up back in the end of the book. There's no wasted thing in the book. And so now I'm like, there's no wasted thing in the series. Like that takes some incredible mapping out because there's a lot of, like like for instance um the lion the witch and the wardrobe the chronicles of narnia some of my favorite books of all time were written after the lion the witch and the wardrobe became popular and books one two three four five six seven or whatever they are they make sense without the lion the witch and the wardrobe like you can tell of all the books the lion the witch and the wardrobe was just meant to be a one-off book. But it was so popular, he was like, why not write a prequel? And then let's write some sequels. And then, oh my gosh, you have this brilliant story. But I always felt like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe stood out because it does stand out as a book. You could tell it was written as just one thing. And he does a good job incorporating the elements, but she writes it like a seamless garment. Yeah, yeah. And it is fascinating how she executes a seamless garment from book one all the way to book five so far. I'm sure six and seven are, are like that too. So uh, I got to say, I'm, I'm super impressed. I loved her mockery of industrialized, federalized education. Yeah, that's nice. I was, say, I was taking quotes from Umbridge and sending it to Luke and being like, this is a pretty damning critique of our education system. 
That's good. You know, the teachers who are experts and know how to teach and are actually teaching, they have no say. Except it's all these external experts who have never been a teacher before in their lives. And it's all theory. Yeah. It's all theory. Oh, uh, there was man. a lot of other. Can I make one comment about the book that I thought was fascinating? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, please. please. So you have this ideal. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Professor Umbridge is from the Ministry of Magic, and they're taking over Hogwarts from Dumbledore. Dumbledore is the headmaster. She comes in as a teacher, and then she is uh, going through and um, undermining his authority with these ministerial rules. Where by the end of you know by the sixty percent mark, she has assumed absolute authority. She can fire anyone on the spot. She can give students power to give other students detention, blah, blah, blah. There is this element where, like, the kids feel absolutely powerless over this woman. And she is doing everything to destroy everyone's life. Do you remember how she is remedied? Uh, She starts to insult all um, of the centaurs. Hermione tricks her to go out to... The forest where the forest. centaurs will centaurs. kill non foals. Yes, that's right. That's right. And here's the deal about that Hermione knew that. So she went to get her killed. <laughs> she went for blood. She went for blood. Okay, it's not just that, it's the way to resolve oppressive regimes seems to be. Through physical violence. Because her reign ended, essentially, when the centaurs grabbed her, abducted her, and carried her off to kill her. Now, apparently, by the end of the story, we find out that Dumbledore single-handedly rescued her. And we don't know how. And we don't know what happened. But I, I thought, like, oh, how interesting. In the end, it does come down to the strong man. Huh. Huh. Okay. And I just, I just, I just filed that in my head. Like, in the back, you know, like, okay. And then how does the scene play out with the Order of the Phoenix is an all-out battle royale in the Ministry of Magic's whatever, Room of Mysteries or whatever it's called. There's something very primal about Harry Potter that I think is, you know, very interesting. For as much magic as there is, there's not a ton of this, but there's there's a fair amount of punching, uh, of pushing, of... um I was like physical violence. Not I'm not on violence. That's a that's a strong word. But I mean it's a whole it's a whole series Kinetic that's kicked movement. off by a murder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's But a murder with magic. It's true. Magic, magic, magic murder. One of my favorite parts is where Malfoy is making fun of Harry and he has the snitch in his hand and he cracks Malfoy in the face and um Fred Weasley punches him in the stomach. And when they break it up, they're like, look at you fighting like muggles. <laughs> and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> Man, I uh, love it we solve our when like, they all go at it. Uh, yeah. like when oh, Fred, oh yeah. it's fine for the centaurs. It's fine for the centaurs, but it's not fine for the Weasleys. I tell you, it's anti-gingerite. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> hey, hey. But yeah, I, I find these books so fascinating. I love the order. I, uh, I love how Harry is so angry all the time, and it's because he's not being told anything. And then in the end of the book, Dumbledore admits it's his old man mistakes. He thought that he, would, he just wouldn't have to tell a young person. They would just accept it, and he had no idea. It was an old man's error or an old man's sin, and I thought that was pretty powerful. Anywho, that's all I wanted to talk about. 
Luke, let me ask you a uh, question. Are you excited about this week? Anything exciting oh, happening? Oh, just the end of everything. Or the beginning of something okay. new, to so, put it in a better light? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But my my freedom, Gormley, my precious, precious freedom. Gosh, I can't wait to see your freedom destroyed. <laughs> I have been waiting for this day. I have been waiting for this Do you remember when you were all stuck home with kids so and I would go long. to a bar where I got free drinks because my name was drawn? Like, it was free drinks for anyone named Luke. Do you remember that? I was in Denver at the front porch. That was a great place. <laughs> no, I don't remember. Can't do that anymore. No, it's fine. Okay, so by the time this episode comes out, uh, no, I'm actually very, I, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm scared. I'm very, very scared. I'm, you know, very, very nervous uh, for a lot of reasons. But by the time this, ep- I mean, none of which are valid. Uh, by the time this episode is released, Aaron will either be in labor or Everly Suzanne Carey will be here. And I will be responsible for a human being's complete and utter ability to survive. Gomer, I'm the guy who would drink out of a pitcher. Yes. Yeah, with a straw and a look of determination. Luke, you're going to drink from responsibility and adulthood through that self-same pitcher. Do you think I'm ready for this? You know me very well. Do you think I'm ready for this? No. no. See, exactly. No, not at all. Exactly. Not at all. Not Luke. the slightest. Not at all. No one's ready. No, you're supposed Luke. to say no I'm one is specifically ready. not ready. Therefore, someone else should step in. Luke. Yeah, I, I already told you. I'll come up there. I'll rub your back while it's all going on. I said, listen, we're only allowed one extra person, and it's between you and my mom. Battle to the death. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Patty. <laughs> no, I uh, will clearly win. I got the weight gain on her, but the uh, it's called stamina. Um, I'm young and I'm spry and I'm obese and I'll just sit on you. Um, no, here, let me tell you this: every new parent out there, you you can do the best you can to prepare. You can read the baby books, and I recommend the number one baby book. I recommend. I haven't read anything. Is, I haven't read a damn thing. Oh shit, Luke, you're way behind. <laughs> All right, uh, well then, uh, you haven't no, read what I you expect when you're expecting. Thing. Do you know what I've done? Because it's Why? a freaking pandemic, and the only way I could survive was by playing a lot of FIFA, and I finally got a Macclesfield promoted to League One. It was a lot. I played every game, and I let the results happen. It was a lot of work. Just because you pretend like it's not happening, but that's doesn't a Luke Carey classic. Happening. That's a Luke Carey classic you. move. <laughs> the self that's killing you yourself, you must kill the self, Luke. This is this is the war against uh, me against me, right? That shit's gotta die. Like what today. my uh, my uh, way that I avoid things. <laughs> <laughs> Way that you avoid things concerning your child. Other, I mean, way that you avoid things about yourself. Like, I haven't paid my taxes for two years. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay, that's not entirely true. true. I did pay my taxes months. last year. Just, <laughs> I just never filed. Uh, <laughs> the idea is... Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going to go back to my initial recommendation. First kid, the, the what to expect when you're expecting. Here's the glorious thing, Luke. You don't have to read the whole book. You just read the part that you're on. Gilmer, you so understand I have one day. I have one day. No, 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 no. What to expect when you're expecting. I didn't finish. Sorry. My bad. The first year. Because I care less about the in-the-womb stuff because I can't do anything about it. It's such an it abstract concept. Freak out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But when they're here, 
And then you're like, oh, oh, shit, what do I need to do? And you don't have maternal instincts that kick in. No, I do not. No, you I don't at all. I cried over a soccer <laughs> game, Gormley. A, I, tears came a out of FIFA? my eyes because of a... No, this, this, is about the, this is about um, the U.S. not... not I'm getting into the World Cup. I cried. Mm-hmm. Now, I, was, I wasn't um, sobbing, but I got choked up, and tears came out of my eyes. No, you saved the sobbing for when Captain America got Thor's hammer in Endgame. <laughs> That's I just jumped sobbing. out of my seat and got really excited during that. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. It's I was, happening. I was talking Jesus. to Aaron. Jesus this is, is how, real. It's happening. <laughs> this is how much of a mess I am right now. I was talking to Aaron about our dog Sienna like dying one day and I, how I could tell she's getting towards like the back nine of her life. And I start, I got choked up. And I'm like, this isn't about the dog, clearly. <laughs> but well, I'll uh, say this: all those emotions, totally fine. But the what to expect the first year is a helpful reference, and you don't have to read except the time period that you're in, and it just takes anxiety away. That's what it does; takes anxiety away. The other thing is happiest baby on the block. And Luke, I'm going to give you a life hack. I'm going to give you a pro tip. I'm going to give oh, you a thanks, Gomer great, trick. A life hack. Awesome. Yes. Can't yeah. wait to go back to 2009. Very excited. Here's the, here's the life hack <laughs> Sorry, pro you're tip. Sorry, being so nice. I'm Hat trick. Back. <laughs> Here we go. Happiest baby on the block. There's like 50 interviews of the guy, and I think he wears knit sweaters uh, on like Oprah and other shows. It's all on YouTube, so you can watch it at double speed, so your precious little FIFA soccer game can still go on. You just mute that sound and play the YouTube videos. Oh, that's what, that's what I've been doing the whole time. Exactly. So happiest baby on the block. The reason why I say that is he teaches you the technique that essentially every baby outside the womb for the first three months, consider that the fourth trimester, right? But their heads are too big. They can't cook in the womb for that much longer. So the baby comes out early. Okay, great. But they should still be in the womb. This is kind of like his his praxis, his, his operational axiom. The baby is on the fourth trimester. So treat it as such. So he talks about re-simulate the womb as much as possible. So you're going to want to do swaddling. You know what swaddling is? Yeah. Yes. Do I know how? No. But we did get a snooze. Do you know what a snooze is? It is is a that like a very expensive bassinet that retails for like $1,400. But we are renting it for $120 a month plus tax. <laughs> so there you go. What does it Problems. do? What does it do? What does I don't know. Do? I put it together. What? You clearly didn't watch my Instagram story. So no. um, that's the other topic I want to talk about. Is it starts to shake based upon the baby's crying, and there are four levels. One is like you're holding it. Two's like you're in a car. Three is like if you were jogging. Four is and you had him like in you and you were go- no and you were going on a walk. I don't know what the hell five is walking me. dead. The zombies are coming okay. for his dead sprint. <laughs> Three is you have them in one of those chest things, you know, that you like wrap around your chest and they're like right yeah. there. Yeah. Four is they're in a stroller and you are on a light jog <laughs> and it will go up and down based upon the baby crying. Okay. Now I got mad respect for that. Okay. Because of the five S's shake is S number two. So it's swaddle, no, side. You turn the baby on its side. It loves being on its side. And this is like while you're holding it. Swaddle, side, and then shake, which is more of a shimmy 
Babies love to be shimmied. And then uh, I can't remember what the... Oh, suck. They love to suck things. So have a pass. I've got a nipples gray. Can you suck on those? That's not what he says. He says, can you milk me? How dare yeah, you? Yeah, I know. I How would, dare I you appropriate that? But Sorry. suck. And then uh, the last one is... Oh, crap. Shush. And let me tell you, I have horrified parents by doing the shush. Right? So I'm like jiggling my baby. And then I put my mouth right up to her ear and go... Shh, like really loudly, shh, like full breath, shh, as loud as I can into the baby's ear. And they're like, what are you doing? And then the baby will immediately stop crying. And they're like, what is that? And I was like, it is like a jet turbine engine inside the womb. And it only works for the first two or three months, right? The fourth trimester. But those five S's, man, I use that like crazy. Takes about five minutes if you got a particularly screaming baby. Use all five. Works like a charm, bro. Works like a charm. So I, um, so part of this new thing that we has is it also makes a noise. Yeah, there like you go. that where it's like or something. <laughs> Not like that. But, I'm angry. You know. I'm angry. Huh. <laughs> Race. Yeah, that snooze thing sounds amazing, especially if you have, like, a colicky baby or a baby that just wakes up repeatedly and you can't figure it out. Like, I don't want to hold the baby. I want the bassinet to just detect it. Yeah, I'm going to be so annoyed if, like, this baby's colicky. Oh, my, oh, my poor oh, sister's having sorry, that Luke. problem. I know. Oh, my gosh. I, like, do you understand? Like, when you were all having <laughs> kids, when you were all going through this, I wasn't, like, wondering what you were doing. I wasn't really paying attention when you were telling me about it. Do you want to know what I was doing? Hmm. I was drinking. <laughs> I was having fun with many, many beautiful women. <laughs> I feel like I was like I was living life. I was living life. You know? I wasn't worried. One time we were at a thing out in Eureka and it was this thing called Arts Alive where like all the shops downtown open up. And there's wine and cheese everywhere. And I drank too much. And I walked into a baby store. And I went, oh, absolutely not. And then walked out. <laughs> and my friend, um, Tracy, I was there. And she said that the woman um, there just goes, it's not you're going to get someone pregnant just by walking in here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know old Lukey Duke. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I just, I know. I mean, I, I, Aaron's a rock star. I'm just nervous, man. I'm really, really nervous. I'm like, I just don't want to screw her up. I want her to have, have a really good life. I want her to be happy. I don't want to do anything stupid. I want to be able to, you know, all the stupid, like, it's just scary, you know? Yes, Luke, it's I super know. super scary. I have spent hours in counseling these last two weeks with my beautiful bride over my beautiful child. Mm-hmm. Who has gone off the rails, and no matter what, oh, I know I can't seem to help. I can't seem to fix it. I can't seem to bring peace or calm into her life. I freaking like you have never you you will. This is this is a glorious and painful truth of parenting. You will never feel more love. Like when you married Aaron, there is something about being there with your child. You will never. No greater love than seeing your own child. And at, not at the same time, thank God, or else it would never happen. Sexual reproduction would end. But at some point down the line, you realize this is an independent human person, and they are going to do their own thing. And you might have your ideas of shaping and molding and contributing and blessing and all the things, and they just do their own thing. 
and it kills you because you don't know what to do. You don't. I don't know what to do with. I'm on my, I'm on number four, and I don't know what to do. I I know how to deal with babies. I you give me a screaming baby, I'll I'll walk that baby for you. I'll give mama a break for two hours and go walk the. I'll baby use or, the four S's. I'll use the five S's, Luke. You forgot sucking. You forgot (laughs) sucking. You promised you wouldn't forget that, especially when I come and visit. Moving along. But I I know all the things. I'm okay with babies and stuff. I am. It's, it's, it's one. You will screw them up. I don't know how you can't. But you just need to make sure your love is bigger than that. Put me in. That's a, that's a really great point. Put me in charge of like three hundred high school kids. Hell yeah, I will like rock that easy. Like in my okay, sleep. Okay, three hundred high school kids in a lock in. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was in charge of that for like a whole freaking um, five day conference. Yes. Uh, it's the worst. Uh, I lived with forty like forty plus um, high school kids for three years. Oh yeah. You a lock in every day with Mister Kelly. There was nowhere <laughs> to go. There's nowhere to go. Um, I can deal with high school kids. You know, I know how to do that. This, I'm like, I don't know. I purposely ignored whenever anyone talked about, like, the only kid, I, I mean, I'm comfortable with your, like, your kids, but I didn't really even see a lot of your kids till they were, like, older. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only and when you um, did see him, you were so hungover, you just gave her your cell phone. That's also very true. I wasn't hungover. I was tired from drinking. Very <laughs> different. <laughs> Those are very different things. Same general effect on the body, minus the headache. <laughs> no, that was just like you're like being in your 30s, trying to drink like you're in your 20s. Be like, oh, why am I so tired? Oh, my gosh. Cecilia, just here. Take my phone. I don't care what your dad says. Take a thousand pictures. Call Canada <laughs> on it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my! don't worry. My kids got Pokemon Go for the first time and bought a $100 worth of items. <laughs> Oh whatever. no no no! You... Let me remix that. Bought a hundred dollar single item. Sorry, that's I love your kids so much. Listen, Ugh, the next time little... if I'm there and they complain about that, I have the perfect uh, comeback for them against against you. Yeah, what's that? Uh, three words: Clash of Clans. Oh god! How much, so much money, money did you spend on that? I probably I probably spent about eighty to a hundred. Yeah, you you told me it was like several hundred. God, I hope not. I think you, <laughs> you might be right. Me, you told I think me it was you like might two right. three hundred dollars, which is as much as I spent. I totally get that. I spent <laughs> so much money on that. Aaron doesn't know we weren't engaged yet. <laughs> Do you know why I spent so much money on it? It's because you because and John have been so playing for a month. <laughs> you and John were playing for yeah, like a month. You had to catch up. And I tried to catch up, and I'm like, I keep dying. And then I read an article that exposed the whole underbelly of how those games work. And I was like, oh, they were stealing my money using behavioral scientists they had a freaking gold mine and then they updated it and made a bunch of stupid changes and it just died yeah but okay sorry anyways uh where are we sphere i got i got no fatherhood advice other than that the idea is here's the deal let me say this um no matter how fancy you think you are you're on call during the night if there's a bottle involved and the baby needs to be fed if a bottle is not involved and the baby doesn't need to be fed, then you need to figure out other ways to give your wife a break because she is a human, uh, you know, she's a, she has breast milk. I couldn't think of an analogy that's funny. She has breast milk and the baby <laughs> wants to drink it all the yeah. damn time. 
Now, your wife is going to bond with your baby over the breastfeeding a lot more than you will. But when you get to hold your kid, your kid in your arms, it is a game to the changer. It is oh my gosh. wild. It but is, I'm it s- is, let me put it in language you uh, you would understand, and I think Emily and uh, you know your whole family they could they can relate to. It is when the Grinch his heart grew three times bigger. Like your capacity for love increases. It is fascinating. Ugh. I just hope she's cool. Like if she grows up to be a nerd, I'll be so upset. That's actually not true. She's gonna be. She's gonna be. <laughs> she's gonna be the rebellion of you. I know. I know. She's gonna uh, be Hermione Granger. You know what I so when I basically told um, Maggie Smith, um, who's a, a good friend of of the podcast, she was on way back when when um, Maggie Smith is single. Now she is married. Uh, and then she see that uh, ladies come on the show if you're single, we'll get to hook yeah, up. Nice. Seriously, it's true. Yeah, she she actually did have a couple like um, date offers off of that. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. When I told her that, she goes, "That girl is going to get away with with murder." And I was like, what? What do you mean? And she goes, Luke, you're so easy for any girl to manipulate. <laughs> 100% true. Wow. And I was like, not me. I'm 100% pure like brr. What is that? You're cold? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Man. Uh, I'm the same guy that one time called Maggie very, very, very drunk and was bored and said, maybe I like you. Do you think I could like you? <laughs> And she goes, no, stop that right now. And I went, all right. (laughs) Maybe I like you. Can I like you? (laughs) You are fascinating. You are a fascinating human person. My 20s, especially like 23 to 25 was some real interesting stuff. Yeah, by interesting, I just feel like it was sad. It wasn't so much sad. There were some really good times. Yeah, like it was days just like out of those years. It was no, no. It was there was yeah, like six true. days in there out of those three or four no, years. No, it was just very. Um, I think what I pro- so if I could have changed anything, what I would have done, I would have done. So there are two things, and I've I, that I would have done. Um, I would have um, done differently. I would have either just saved up a bunch of money as fast as I could, and just um and just moved to Houston. And just gone and like I'm a, and just like you know got an apartment and just you know did whatever. Or I would have just accepted the fact that I was in Pittsburgh and just um, and just moved to Pittsburgh and hang out because I love I love everyone out in Pittsburgh. I was so set on just getting out of Steubenville and trying to figure out like when. Then there were a lot of other ex, there were a lot of other things. Luke at was play. so set on getting out of Steubenville that he went to the Virgin Islands. No, 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 no. That that Eureka, that had California. That. Uh, it was more like this. So this is like 2000, and so right after that. So really early. Um, basically, I'm talking about to t- like t- 2007. I should have like I had tons of friends there. I had um, everything that I wanted. Now, I, I don't mean Steubenville. I mean Pittsburgh. So. Okay. Sure, there are some people who were at Steubenville that I could have hung out, but I'm talking more about people who are in Pittsburgh. So this is um, Sarnickel, Kravaniak, Nathaniel, Kissinger, Elis Nevsky's. Like, those were people, like, I hung out with them. 
but they were all in Pittsburgh, so I, I wouldn't see them as much as I would have liked. And I think if I had just accepted the fact that that's where I was, I think I probably would have just um, like if I got like an apartment downtown, got a job in Pittsburgh. I think I probably just had, if I had I think if I had settled and said and just thought this is where I am, this is where I'm going to build my life, it probably would have been better. No, I, I do have another subject that I wanted to bring up, if not just briefly. Can I bring up briefly? Let's do it. I nuked yesterday. Yeah, did. My Twitter, did my you Twitter though? Accounts. Did you though? Yeah. Uh, did you or did you not respond to me today through your <laughs> wife's Twitter account? <laughs> that was so funny. My wife was looking at it. My wife was, uh, and she goes, "Oh, read this thing that Pope Francis said that Luke retweeted." And so I read it. Well, so she just gave it to me. I was reading it, and then I tapped the screen, and the image went away, and I, w- I realized it was in Twitter. So I was like, oh, this will be funny. <laughs> and so I liked it, retweeted it, and then wrote, I'm waiting for my wife's phone. Twitter forever. But I knew I deactivated the accounts. So you didn't delete it. You just deactivated it. Deactivating was the only option they gave you. Yeah, you can permanently, in Twitter, you can permanently um, delete it. Uh, but you have two options. You can permanently delete it or you can deactivate it for a month and then it permanently deletes. Okay, so there was no other permanently option. deletes. There wasn't? There was, no. there was no other option. It just said deactivate account. You click it and it says, are you really, really sure you want to do this? Blah, 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 blah. And so I said deactivate account and then it automatically logged me off the platform. So I was hmm. like, oh. So then I went on to my standby AMD Gomer, which I haven't logged into in probably a solid two years. And back when I had the Twitter app and uh, I logged in and looked over at it or when I tweet horrific as an app and I was like, oh, my goodness, people are like responding and replying to me and tagging me and stuff like all like recent stuff, uh, even though I never tweet from there. And so I deactivated that. Um, Technically, you do have the Catching Foxes account still, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, Luke, I'll leave that to you for your drunken rants. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Here's Luke I've, yelling at a woman on Twitter about uh, that's, beauty. That's not wait. When did I do that? The one that you screenshot oh, yeah, to oh, me and texted that was me? really funny. That was okay. Let me. This is please cle- explain it to me. Explain wait, it to this me. This is clearly a joke, and this woman took it so. This boomer took it so seriously. I was like, okay. Oh, I didn't think she was a boomer. I thought she was young. Okay. No, oh no, she was no because I, I I sent it to you and I sent it um to Sarah Rogers. So, was it on the Catching Foxes account or was it on my account? Yes. I always forget. That's not an explanation. Oh, okay. Yeah, Catching Here Foxes. Here we go. Okay, so, I said, um, okay, I still believe that beauty will, so this is oh, what I tweeted, and, and uh, this was a series of tweets. I still believe that beauty will save the world. I still believe that beauty shows us reality's depth. I still believe that it is beauty when engaging all the senses, stirs the heart, shows the way, fulfills, and leads us out of our out of ourselves to be for the other. Next tweet. So it is without reservation that I say more Gothic churches, more steeples, more communion rails, more cassocks, more Baroque painting sculptures and chants, more mid-90s Christian rock aesthetics. And then I put a link to DC Talks, Jesus is just all right. 
And I and then I put, I'm not kidding. This still slaps so hard. <laughs> and this lady responded with, <laughs> "Where is this? Where did what did she say? This is so ridiculous." Nope. All that you named is your aesthetic. Beauty to others doesn't consist of those things. And then you said, actually, it does. You may have missed the memo. <laughs> and then she responded, you're the, you're the spokesperson for all humanity as to what beauty is? My, my, that's quite pretentious. And then you responded, yeah, the 80s were a wild time, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, it was like, oh, I think she may have blocked me. Yeah. No, Luke, she blocked us. Oh, us. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, she definitely blocked us. Um, the, yeah, and then she said, yeah, the 80s were were a, wild, were a wild time. Am I right? Question mark. <laughs> and then she said, oh, one more thing. And I said, it's true. Patreon.com slash CF. That's patreon.com slash CF. One more time. Patreon.com slash CF. <laughs> Clear. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, I was not kidding about the first tweet about beauty, but I was kind of, the whole thing was kind of like a fun joke, like Christian rock mid-90s aesthetics. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of obvious that it was like So when you sent me the screenshot, you didn't include any of that. You just sent me the tweet of her response. And I, was I like, assume you had seen it. Yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> and then I nuked, Luke, I nuked Twitter and I feel scared. I feel gassy. I feel a little wrong inside. I've done it before. It feels good. I've always ended up going back. I miss the conversation, so I really do. I don't. I, uh, this is so. This is why I'm doing it. And uh, uh, the Taylor Marshall thing about Bishop Barron blocked me on Twitter came up, and I saw all these people debating about it, and I was gonna weigh in, and I thought. Why am I weighing in on this? Why why do I need to say something? Do, I, do does Bishop Barron and Brandon Vaught do they need me to ride in on my white horse keyboard and say some comment? Yeah. Yeah. Is Taylor Marshall going to listen to some albeit C-list Catholic celebrity? No. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. No. See, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, we are on C-list now. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. We Luke. Uh <laughs> Yes, we. I'm just saying I get recognized too. For all okay, so okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there came this point in me where I was like, why do I feel the need to have to yell at people to yell like I feel like there's this dark tornado and all of us are just screaming, screaming, and it's making the tornado go faster. Nothing's lasting. Nothing matters. We all love it when one of our people nails him in the jaw, and we just parade and parade. And so I stepped back, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to make a noise. So I fire up YouTube. Sure enough, one of the first things loads is his little, uh, you know, the the thumbnail. Bishop Barron blocked me. And it's like. That was. Yeah, that was. Right. I mean, yeah. he's making a mountain out of a molehill. Uh, like, but he needs those I molehills can... to to stay relevant. So, yeah, I like. Oh, T Taylor Marshall won't uh, debate me. Like, okay, who cares? You're an insignificant rebel rouser who is damaging the church. Like, in uh, maybe maybe Bishop Barron feels like that. Maybe he doesn't. 
Maybe Bishop Barron doesn't even manage his social media account because I found out that most people who are super productive don't manage their own social media accounts. So then I totally randomly, I was recommended to listen to this podcast. I listened to Cal Newport has a new podcast. The guy that does uh, deep work. Does. Yeah. Well, and he's just doing question and answer. So it's like his email list sends him questions. Oh, that's cool. And so he does. Yeah. And it's just him just going through like, all right, we got seven questions here. We're going to go through today for about an hour and a half. I actually really like that. I think that's, that, that, that's actually cool. Yeah. And it, it I is get, fun. I get a little bit, I'm a little bit tired of the whole like uh, productivity hacking authority stuff. Right. So <laughs> he just made this comment. He said the way he goes, go, go back to Neil Postman. The, the medium is the message. Yeah. Twitter yeah. Yeah. prevents long form conversation for the most part. You think every single black person is burning down every single city. You think every single white person is looking to kill every single black person. Like that's what you do because that's what we're all shouting at each other in this medium. And I was listening to him and I said to myself, I'm going to post a tweet letting my followers know I'm done. And so I just pinned a tweet saying, hey, you know, it's not you, it's me. Well, sort of me. It's mostly Twitter. And I was like, I just, like, that that like ugly thing inside me that made me want to just immediately just yell at bad people that I think are bad and they're bad. They're bad people. Like, I, it, it's not doing anything good in the world or for the world. It's just more yeah. darkness. And so I was like, I have to get out of here. And here's the funny thing. I'm on Twitter twice a week for 10 minutes. I'm not, it's not an addict, like some people have to jettison because they're addicted to it, you know, uh, or they're doing their fasts or their fads. Yes, you would fit that bill. But I'm not on, like I have, I don't think I have once in the past six months spent an hour on Twitter. I maybe spent half an hour because I'm working through some problems in the bathroom at an airport. Let me see it's how much <laughs> time I've spent on Twitter on, on my app. If I you look at my iPhone, my daughter said, you're always on your phone. And I said, if you look, well, number one, I'm never around my phone when I'm with my kids, but well, not never. But I said, if you look at my iPhone right now, you will find that the vast majority of times I'm on my iPhone, I'm on the Kindle app and I'm reading a damn Harry Potter book. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, kid. Now leave me alone. You go over there and play, play, play. I don't know what kids play. Hopscotch. Yeah. <laughs> go, go play your Foursquare. Actually, I really like Foursquare. Foursquare how do you so check fun. and see how long you spend on certain apps on Apple again? I, screen, I always screen, screen time in the settings. Screen time. Screen time. Screen time. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, can I see how long I spent on certain apps? Oh my gosh! So two hours fifty-seven minutes. The average is around. That's my. I don't know what that. I think that that might be total for the weeks so far. The, my average so far for the past two days is a, about an hour and a half, hour and forty-five minutes. I bet you that's probably close to being right. Hmm. I love Twitter so much. I, I, I think you're right, though. I, I, um, I've gotten a little soft on t Twitter for the past um, year for just a, you know, a, a couple of reasons. Um, and um, <laughs> <laughs> which we'll go on A couple of undisclosed reasons. A couple of undisclosed reasons. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to abandon this now. No way am I going to abandon this, this now. <laughs> um, I, I think – so when – Twitter for me is at its best during a couple things when I can connect with cool people about the podcast, which is not as often as, as I would like and sports. 
or finding different people having cool thoughts. So like, like I, I like finding cool articles on movies, sports, God. Um, but that's by far more the exception than the rule. Okay, so right there, that is Cal Newport's thing. He says, yeah. bring in a technology when you know when you are confident that the benefit will far outweigh the bad. And then he says, it, he said, when I talk to people and they're like, what do you mean you're not on social media? Yeah, that's so ridiculous. You're missing out on so much. And he goes, like what? And they're like, well, news. And he goes, I can go to a news website. Uh, well, what about, you know, and he goes, and then it gets really vague. And he goes, that's the yeah. thing. I would adopt it in a second if I knew specifically how it can make my life better. And the dangers, adopting any new technology, like getting an email address, your life is going to get worse, too. Yeah. Yeah. But does the good outweigh the bad? And I looked at Twitter and said no. And I think things like this, I, and, I, and I wrote in my like goodbye message essentially that I don't want a hot take that I wrote, right, in looking at – because here's the deal. No one 10 years from now is going to understand the context of a tweet that I write today. That's what I'm looking at with like Kevin Hart and the things he said, you know, all these people getting stuff that they wrote on Twitter – you know, six years ago, eight years ago, getting wrenched out of the context and isolated. And but is that? Well, sorry, keep going. But I, you know, I, I, this my, my ties idea into was, a question I have. I don't want my reputation. I don't want my family's reputation, and I don't want my career or the church or God forbid this podcast, Luke, damaged because of a hot take that I did without thinking. And I shot it out into the ether, and someone screenshots it. And then two days later, I'm like, you know what? I need to delete that. That was uncalled for. That was rude. I went after that guy when I <laughs> should have. I've only done that like three times. Like the one time I got mad at um, Joey when it was really stressful. And then. Uh... <laughs> but you know what? Like you go to delete it, and there's a screenshot of it. And then, you know, boop, bippity boppity boop, right? Your uh, NBC series is getting canceled. So the, the, the whole idea is I don't want to put other people's lives in jeopardy because I can do a hot take to 10,000 people in a minute like that is like just think about the power of that I can say whatever stupid thought or well-reasoned thing is on my mind to a thousand people immediately and I don't think 90% of the time if not 99% of the time I have thoughts worth communicating to that crowd so I've started to view, for lack of a better term, wokeness as an intellectual movement or as a cultural movement. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I want to be very clear here for just a second. I actually think there's a difference between Black Lives Matter, the idea of Black Lives Matter, and wokeness. Um, yeah. So they when I refer yeah. to wokeness, I mean cancel culture... Um, people who talk about um, um, microaggressions, different things like that. That, and they, I'm not saying that they're good or bad. I'm, I'm just saying this is like the example of it. You know, the past being brought up to, or saying applying our like own morals or our own attitudes towards the past, and then canceling people or judging people to those those standards. I'm not saying it's good, it's bad. I'm just saying this is how I am defining wokeness. Is that what makes Twitter so miserable, or is it the medium of Twitter itself that is miserable? I, I think it's number two. I think it's number two hands down, because I'm not in a woke crowd. right? I'm not getting told, hey, you better shut up or about your 
Catholic beliefs on human sexuality or I'll get you fired from your job as a Catholic podcaster and Catholic. You know, like that ain't they ain't coming after me. Right. I'm insulated through layers of non secular employment. Right. What bothers me is the emotional reaction to everything all the time. And yeah, and that is, might not even be like a wokeness itself. So I, really, um, what I'm asking, is it like, is it the medium or is it that like, um, oh, like human nature is just so screwed up that it makes something like Twitter become insufferable over a period of time? I think it'll always end up to what it is. Human nature being what it is and the internet being what it is and Twitter being what it is and Facebook. I'm sure they're all, they all have their downsides. But why, why would a company get billions of dollars of investment and I not pay them a single penny. It's run by a very smart and good man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that everyone just wants to spend their money so we can talk to each other reasonably about politics. No, no and it's I'm... because they are making a crap ton of money off of my information. It is all about data harvesting. And I, I, I no, and I agree totally with that. I, I'm not even necessarily opposed to that if it's done ethically. You know, so like if they see that if, if I'm willing to, to give away certain information about myself so I can get good stuff in return for that, you know, like, so, hey, like we know the people who um, people like you like soccer here's um, soccer. You know what I mean? Like, like, fine, fine. Like, that's I'm like, I'm fine with people getting stuff to me that can add value to to my lives and, you know, the lives of others just as long as it's not um like evil or creepy or weird the problem is i don't try it's just like i'm human nature and stuff yeah do you know so I, I don't yeah know. and and i i think twitter is i a am dancing a very awesome. fine line here <laughs> yeah no and so it is a very personal choice i'm not begrudging anyone but everyone should do it right now um uh my buddy uh thomas thomas yeager he called me up the other day and he was like what, what are you doing and I said, oh, I'm annihilating Twitter tonight, and I feel really weird about it because I kind of don't want to. He said, why are you doing that? I was like, it, it, it distracts me. It makes me angry. It makes me anxious. It's all the things. And then we started going back and forth about it, and he was like, but I've been having really good conversations lately on Facebook. And I go, yeah, and is your, is your life better for it? Because the people that you're having these conversations, you know in real life. Couldn't you just call them and have that conversation? I said, no, there's something about the platform that makes us want to say, well, this is what I believe about wearing masks. And this is what I believe about Trump. And this is what I believe about Obama. And this is what I believe about Pelosi. And this is what I believe about the war in Iraq. And this is what I believe. And we just do this stuff. I have, I mean, like, this is the thing about the podcast. We let people listen to how we think through things. And they're almost always a disaster. And thank God for people like Emily uh, who wrote in the chat. Uh, Hi, Emily. Mike Mixner? 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 She's awesome. I love Emily. She just, she's great. Um, But Emily, like people like Emily hear our thought processes and can deeply disagree with us and then not be filled with rage, but just say, hey, have you considered these things and send us an email? Because they hear the thought process. They hear us trying to send. Yeah. And speak intelligently. Whereas on Twitter, I don't speak intelligently. I take a machine gun and I fire it at people I don't like. And so I was like, you know what? I'm tapping out. This thing is from the devil. It's the devil. It's pure evil. I'm done. My advice to you, Luke, 
is the advice I'm going to give myself. If I ever get back on Twitter, I'm getting on where I follow all the, you know, if you want to follow sports ball, I'm going to get an anonymous account. I'm just going to get, you know, TW878569. <laughs> and then I'm going to follow all these people and I'm not going to contribute. Yeah, but I'm just going to get exhausting. the awesome articles. Right. Fair enough. Like, I love the whole, like, you know, don't, like, you don't stick to sport. Like, I like the word, like, people are willing to engage and talk. You know, like, so there's, yeah. I don't want to get too deep into this, but someone brought up a really good, so you know how there was that, um, there was the priest who spoke at the, like, St. Louis, the St. Louis um, statue yeah. and stuff, yeah. and which I thought, I side on that, where I'm like, that. I think that was really beautiful, what the priest yeah. did. That was very cool. thought that was very interesting, very important. But then there was this other guy who said, you know, those people who were there are protesting like, um, like white power. Like they are protesting like racism. Like, like let's not lose um, sight of that. Like they're there with good intentions and for like good reason. And um, that's the beta. Yeah, they're no, no, being, they're, you, you know what I mean? Like they're, you know, yeah. Like I'm not saying you saw that, my arched eyebrow. Yeah, I, I know, but like I did the same yeah. thing. But when I, I'm taking a step back, I'm like, no, those people are going because they want to fight for justice. And you can, we can have a d- debate as to like, is that the way and, and the place and the thing to really find justice at? That's fine, but they're coming from a place of like, according to like, you know, we've talked about this before like according to the, the, the you know the like the um, logic of our culture they're doing the right thing you know and i so I, I don't doubt that their heart is disposed towards the good is what i'm saying twitter you can't do that there you know what i mean it's it's so and like it's so easy to make the other person the villain on yeah. twitter which is why i think i like it's just and it, it's it's hard to do that in real like you know i mean it's hard to do that in real life. And so when we're, you know, when we're trying to condense this, I, I just think I actually don't think Twitter or places on those like really are good places to have in-depth like things that take a, like a little bit of depth. Yeah. You know, because I, I think it's impossible and it's, it's tough because you want to like, um, you know, so again, like, I keep thinking about like what if the Boston Massacre had happened and we had and we uh, had and had like Twitter back then. Keep in mind that during the Boston Massacre, John Adams and and a black man, an American, I think he was a slave. I'm not sure though. No, he was free. They testified against the English. I'm, I'm sorry, against the Americans who did this, and all of the British all of the soldiers were sorry. They. Blah, blah, blah. I'm getting sorry. I'm trying to do. I can't do two things at once. John Adams was the defense for the British for the uh, for the British. Yeah, and there was a black man who 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 testified on their behalf, saying that it was a crowd who actually instigated the soldiers. They were throwing. It was very like intense. It's the same thing with the uh, Kent State massacre. Um, horrible things that happened. But it's not so cut and dry. And Twitter, I think, can't help but try to make things appear to be cut and dry. Yeah. There was a great thing in uh, Art of Manliness. I got a text message while I was mowing the lawn today from a friend of the show, Brian Kelsch. And he sent me a text message that said, Art of Manliness, latest episode, minute 42. 
And so I downloaded it, and I was listening to it while I was mowing, and it was from a a, a, a rocket scientist, right? You know how everyone says, oh, is it, you know, it ain't rocket science. So you got a rocket scientist, and this guy, a rocket scientist, wrote a book about applying rocket science to life and questions about life. And he said, here's the deal. We all have beliefs. We all have opinions. When opinions become elevated to the level of a belief, they're great, and they can shape and form your life. But the reality is when you're trying to find out the truth, what we end up doing is those beliefs become a part of our identity. And so the whole thing of the scientific method is when you come up with a hypothesis, you should always come up with multiple hypotheses. Because if you have multiple, then you're not wedded to any one in particular, and you're willing to sacrifice every one of those hypotheses for the sake of the truth. And he said, but what happens is, more often than not, people build up one hypothesis. This hypothesis has to be correct. And then those hypotheses become that hypothesis becomes a belief. And he said, and then the scientific method is you go out looking for things that falsify your hypothesis. But what happens when that hypothesis becomes a belief is it becomes a part of your identity. And you're you can't tolerate anyone falsifying your identity. So you go around and you ignore everything. You're not looking to falsify. You push away anything that might even come close to falsifying. And I and that that was part of my understanding of of what Twitter does to people. Right? That's and and I think Facebook does it too. Um probably less so Instagram. There are more butts on Instagram, but within those two things of Facebook and Twitter, I really feel strongly that we cannot or only rarely escape the elevation of an opinion to a belief to an identity and then we have to push all that stuff away and that is what made me say i can't do that i can't do that anymore i can't be a part of it it it, it just ruins everything and i'm sick and tired of being that guy who has followers because i'm yelling into this tornado of, of violent words and so i just i just moved out and I, i'm i'm moving out of the neighborhood i told shannon i wanted to shut down facebook but i won't because Catching Foxes is tied to it, but also um, my uh, all of our baby photos, you know, that we put up there over the years, you know, and whatever. So yeah, yeah, I've yeah. I put my privacy settings on the highest settings that I can possibly put. I'm no longer actively involved in any Facebook groups there, so I'm just gonna start cutting out. And Shannon overheard me talking to Thomas, going off about social media. It makes us angrier. It makes us more anxious. Why are we doing this to ourselves? And uh, she immediately logged on to Facebook and killed 400 friends. And she's like, you're right. I follow all these people, and I don't know why I follow them. They annoy me. And yet I follow them. I feel like I have to. And I was like, freedom, freedom. So I'm done. I'm done. All right, everyone. I really do got to go to bed. I love you all. all. Jason, thank you so much. You are incredible. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I got to go, too. Luke, I love looking at you, your head in the lower thirds. I do, I just appreciate. Sorry, it. I'm so this. Uh, we're gonna. <laughs> I, I gotta get this fixed. This is miserable. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. I'll see you guys. Bye, sugar. Bye. Oh, Thank you so sugar, much, sugar. Sugar. Thank you, Jason. We appreciate it. All right, Luke. Let's kill the uh, right. the uh, quick time in five, four, three, two, one.